Hello everyone, it was a false conviction for trafficking for the purposes of organ removal in England and Wales. So it is a landmark case. Hello everyone, welcome to the Macon Podcast, a youth-centric show designed to get more young people involved in policy making agenda and issues of national interest. I'm sure Kimbaloe. Away from my every weekday show, Politics Today and Sunday Politics on Channels Television, this podcast adds the efforts of giving more young Nigerians a viable platform to have a say on issues affecting them. And now to today's topic. There are several contexts in the former Deputy Senate President Ike Kuramadu's organ harvesting case. You can sympathize with a desperate father and mother trying to help their sick daughter or see an influential and powerful politician trying to exploit a vulnerable person. It's a matter of life and death, so all emotions are valid. Away from the emotions, the UK law is quite clear on how it wants everyone uh, to see this, which is why the judge holds that the victim was targeted because he's young, poor, and vulnerable. So the crux of the case is outlined in this statement from the judge, and I quote, People trafficking across international borders for the harvesting of human organs is a form of slavery. And of course, it is on this premise. Senator Ike Ekuramaru, his wife, and the doctor tagged a middleman are convicted and sentenced. Now back home. The fate of everyone involved in this case, including the 21-year-old victim, may have been different. So I ask the question, what are the lessons for everyone in this case? Are the medical and legal lines crossed in the UK blurred on the home front? Is there a hope of clemency on or pardon for the Aquaramadus or the cases done and dusted and beyond the control of everyone? To make a sense of it all, um, I have a set of powerful panel experts in their respective fields joining me on the Micron podcast tonight. And today, I will also be counting on the intervention of many of our viewers and listeners across all our social media platforms. But first, let me allow you uh, to know the panelists tonight on the Macon podcast. I have a UK trained lawyer, Anthony Hayilabo. Thank you so much, Anthony, for coming on tonight. Thank you very much, Jim, for having me. And Dr. Martin Igbokwe is a urologist transplant surgeon at the Zenith Hospital here in Abuja. Thank you so much, Doc, for, for coming tonight. It's my pleasure to be here. At some point, uh, if he's joining us, we'll be bringing the president of the Nigerian Medical Association, Dr. Henry Awunanu. Um, I don't know if... Uh, oh, it's good to see you, Doc, uh, yet again. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, Henry is not the president of the NMA. Henry is a, a health... Um, rights advocates. Oh, thank you so much. For I used to chair the advocacy committee of the NME. Yeah, maybe you're going to be the NME president at some point. So, but just <laughs> start. Maybe that's prophecy for the future. <laughs> not thank you so much, Dr. Yeah. Jonas. Uh, indeed, what a day it has been. Um, I don't know whether to start from the legal angle or to start from the medical angle because I'm just overwhelmed by every angle in which you look at it there is a huge political angle to it because everybody uh, in nigeria a lot of people i should say are also weighing on these the government of nigeria the senate 
and the House of Reps have officially communicated with the UK on this matter. But it does look to me that all the interventions are not working. The judge and the, uh, the court has proceeded on the matter. Um, let's start from the legal angle. You are familiar with the UK and the, the legal uh, system there. This is the very first case that have been convicted under that 2015 law. What kind of feeling do you think the legal environment in the UK will be having about this scenario? Coming from a powerful Nigerian. Well, Sean, thank you very much for this initiative. I've been on it before, but I always find the time to say thank you for anchoring us. Thank you. Um, this is a very difficult scenario to paint, but one thing you, we should take into cognizance is the UK practices the law of deterrence. Um, so when I was in university in, in the United Kingdom, uh, I once bashed someone trying to reverse out of a car park. And the person got my details. So the next day, uh, a policeman turned up in my house and asked me, "Did you? can I have the insurance details? Can I have this, this? And I think my insurance was one day off or something. Six months later, six months later, I got a court date for that insurance. You know, they're so particular about following their laws. And, and, and this is evident in what has happened with um, the former governor of Delta State, how they prosecuted that case to a logical conclusion. Now, uh, one of the reasons they do this is to, for anybody watching, for anybody observing, to know that the UK is very strict on the provisions of their law and they will enforce this no matter who you are, no matter how highly placed you are, they will come after you if you uh, go against the laws. And and they are particular, especially about um, laws on undue influence, taking advantage of people who... Uh, and we must realize that this whole case is built on um, anybody that... Uh, or the vulnerable of society. Uh, reading the judgment or, or listening to the judge, he talked about the boy not being able to afford a ticket of £25 from Lagos to Abuja. That he couldn't even afford it. So he was very vulnerable. And... And the particular law that he was convicted upon stems from the um, um, uh, from the Organ Act to the 2015 Modern Slavery Act. So the the UK policy or lawmakers had revisited uh, slavery in in a modern context and saying taking advantage undue advantage of anyone who is vulnerable and lacks the power. To resist you either because you are inducing them so so you can't there's nothing to say that so you, that, um, anthony give us in a layman's language what did senator ekoremadu do wrong trying to save his daughter okay so the the first thing is the law prohibits you it doesn't say no one can donate an organ to you mm -hmm. but what it says is that anyone donating an organ to you must do so of their own volition of their own accord accord without without any undue influence does it say that you cannot go out and solicit for organ in fact in fact the the, the organ act of 1989 this is as far back as 1989 before the 2015 modern slavery act was very clear that even if you advertise that an organ is available that advertisement itself could land you 10 years in prison could even give you as much as the 
as the uh, sentence equipment. So they are very strict on it that this the donation of organs must be of free volition, must not be induced. And even if there is any compensation, it may be compensation because the person has been away from work, mm. the transportation of so, getting the person there, but it must, must be, be it must it must naturally flow. Yes, must not, so I, what I, I sense is that the guy, the young man that uh, went with Senator Kuramadu from Nigeria to the UK for that purpose, somehow something went wrong because they got a visa because you cannot just fly. You have to have a visa. Yes. I'm very certain that they got a visa for him yes. to get to the UK. What happened between when he got to the UK and when he was supposed to do the donor? What was he told? What really went wrong? Because I'm wondering... This is a desperate parent, right? And wanted to just save his daughter at all costs. So Consent. the question is that you have said in the eye of the UK law is that the boy did not do it on his own volition. That is the crux of the matter. Consent. 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 Um, and, and if you, you know, the first thing that brought us to the limelight was the fact that the boy claimed he was underage. And we thought that was the problem. But he's not. But he the most important thing was his consent. And he, going by his story is that he didn't even realize that he was going to, his organs were going to be harvested. And in the words, I mean, this is the quote that's put out in the press. My body is not for sale. Okay, so that's in, according to the Anthony, That same law, does it apply in Nigeria? Okay, so I, I've done a quick search okay. of, of our laws just as soon as you gave me notice of this and it's unfortunate uh, and these are the things that and I, I don't even know with the way uh, the position of our national assembly today on this matter if they would even pause to think about it that nigerians may even be the highest number of people who are being violated i mean if you remember and I, this was not logically concluded but there was a a, a girl that went missing in Aquaibon. If you remember very well, uh, and this story broke on the internet and people tracked her. And it was said that there is an organ harvesting clique that is domiciled somewhere in Aquaibon. And people have gone missing. And I, I bet you, across the country, a lot of these uh, ritualist murders you see, and uh, we cannot explain people's organs missing, are actually people who are harvesting people's organs illegally. So we have a lot of children on the streets. We have a lot of children that are vulnerable, are people that are subject to this. And I think um, beyond, beyond the call for clemency, beyond the call for this, I, I think we also have to introspect and see that are our people vulnerable? Is it because uh, what value do we place on the lives of those who cannot speak up for themselves? Because the, the moral mm. and the lesson we take out of this is that the United Kingdom is particularly about the vulnerable. It is particular about the people who cannot speak for themselves against... I, I, and to be honest, I think that the, the maximum sentence that was imposed on or that was... That was uh, Senator Kwaramadu was convicted uh, and sentenced based on the 10-year sentence was to send a message. A that deterrence. no matter... How powerful you are, but he can appeal the case. Well, of course, he has the right to All appeal. Right. So just and, and of course, he has. He also has the opportunity of the clemencies 
of all the respected people who have spoken for him. We do hope that uh, um, the legal justice system in the United Kingdom, which is the appeal court, uh, applies some sort of leniency in, okay. in also considering that um, he's also a father mm. who the emotional trauma yeah. of losing his daughter may have induced him to 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 to, to that to not, uh, to panic not, or to that yes, uh, to not even think about the consequences. Right, just because so you one, have fathers oh, that will, will yeah. literally hold up. I mean, I've seen a lot of movies of fathers holding up hospitals at gunpoint mm. and insisting that they their take, children they, they, they treat their children. They, they treat their children. Right. So you, you can't rule that out of. I mean, the case is not it's not as um, vulgar as one who is doing it solely for profit. Because I mean, I, I'm still coming to other aspect of the law because yeah. this is criminal. It's it. Uh, it's treated as a criminal case. Oh isn't yes. It? Oh yes. So yes. in that sense, so th there are two legs to it: the menswear and the, and the actress, actress. So actress. we'll come to it because the intent, if the Kuremadus actually had the intent of doing all of oh, this, but you have to look at uh, the those substance, the, substance, the substance, what the prosecutors were and saying, what, and what the law is. You know, the drafters of that particular law were yeah. very clever, and they sought to remove inducement mm. and consent. Once there is no consent. Then it becomes that, a crime. Just a moment. Let, let, let me. And consent can be withdrawn even on the theater table. Hmm. As as that kid just wakes up and says, "I'm no longer." I'm doing no longer it. interested. That's the end of it. Doctor Martin, you you. I mean, from from the little we know about you, um, there is at least nothing less than a hundred people that get on your surgery table every year for this kind of operation. Um, First and foremost, let me get your general view as a urologist uh, surgeon. And this is your specialty, uh, trying to help people out and trying to save lives. When you heard about this matter, what came to your mind, the Equiramadu matter? Um, you know, um, the news broke, you know, to every Nigerian, including myself. <coughs> and it was that of uh, mixed feelings because knowing fully what you know being a parent is and uh, how much you care for your child how you don't want to see your child suffer from a chronic disease like uh, chronic kidney disease and end-stage renal disease having to undergo dialysis two to three times a week you know as a parent you want to help that child you want to ensure that you see that child nurture them to good health but on the other side as a professional um especially being a transplant surgeon we know that there are laws there are ethics, you know, that guide the practice. And um, in a place like the United Kingdom, uh, and of course anywhere in the world, if you are found to be wanting in any uh, legal aspect or ethical as aspect, then you have to face, you know, the ambits of the law, just like we've seen it happen. So, you know, it's it mixed feelings. I mean, is the Nigerian situation, I mean, you perform this uh, surgery every day. Do we have these very i mean stringent should i call it procedure both legal and ethical procedures to getting people uh helped in the, uh, for this kind of uh, condition so in the world of transplantation um we are guided by the istanbul declaration which is uh this is uh, like the law that guides all transplant physicians, surgeons all around the world. In 2008, between April 30th and May 2nd, uh, about 150 participants 
stakeholders in, in transplantation worldwide gathered in Istanbul, Turkey to discuss about, you know, some of these issues, most especially organ trafficking and transplant tourism. The main aim of this is to ensure that the poor, the illiterate, the vulnerable, political and economic refugees, prisoners, ETC, are protected. That people do not come from areas of, uh, you know, good economy and wealth to exploit these poor and underprivileged people in the society. The whole aim of this amputation is to protect the vulnerable. And this is exactly, you know, what we've seen in this case. So in Nigeria here, it's no different um, when people present to the hospital uh, for organ transplantation, like kidney transplantation, they have to go through various steps and procedures. This will include uh, evaluating, you know, the medical aspects of the recipient and the donor, make sure that they are healthy. This is in, in, involves psychological evaluation to make sure that they are in their right frame of mind, especially the donor, make sure it's not someone who has any form of psychological problems or, you know, use of... Uh, uh, in substances that may affect them, people who have had, who have been to psychiatric homes in the past or on antipsychotics, you also want, want to ensure that, you know, they are not under any form of inducements or any form of coercion or any form of pressure. So to do this as well, we have uh, legal teams, you know, both in the hospital and in the court where these patients must go, both the donors and so the So there residents. is a process here in oh, Nigeria Oh, certainly. Too. What is the process? Just like I mentioned, the hospital has a legal unit okay. that sees these patients, and then they go to the court as well. Where they what do they get in court, sir? What do they go to get? They in go the to court? the court because uh, every in in Nigeria, we ensure that every recipient comes to the hospital with a living related donor. You know, the donor must be related, either a brother, sister, cousin, relative. You know. Whatever, what so you, you have. can't just walk into the hospital and say, I want to donate my kidney. I want to donate oh. an organ. So that is true altruism. I haven't gotten there yet. So we, we ensure that the first line is a living-related donor. This, this is uh, a little bit easier in our part of the world than the West because we have lots of big homes. You know, we have uh, some polygamous homes. We have a, you know, culturally, we have, we, do, we have lots of families, cousins. We are, you know, so there are always people to come through. So, in the absence, in few instances, maybe, there may not be, you know, relatives or relatives may have died from some diseases, just like we saw in this case. Sometimes these things are familiar. So, you may discover that even the close family members may also suffer from similar diseases or diseases which can proceed to causing kidney disease like hypertension, diabetes, in which case they, you know, cannot donate their kidneys, you know, there are contraindications to donation. So, in these instances, um, there is what we call true altruism, true altruistic donors. These are people who, out of their free volition and love and love for humanity, want to help someone with an organ. In this case, you know, they can come, you know, come, come to donate, you know, to whoever they want to donate to, not looking for any form of compensation or payment and things like this. All right? Um, so these are, in, in this, this way, you increase, you know, the number of people who, because, you know, donors are actually one of the most difficult things to get when it comes to organ transplantation. So when you are able to provide, when a patient is able to come with a donor, either a true altruistic donor or a living donor, this also, this solves most of, most of the problem. So, but, but do people, uh, take for example, uh, if, you, if you get a donor, uh, uh, do people willingly 
want to pay for those organs? Oh, of course, if you allow such, you know. Um, but, you know, we know that even in the Nigerian context, um, the, Nigerian health, the, the Nigerian constitution has a National Health Act. And the National Health Act in the 2011, you know, um, modification of the National Health Act, sections 48 to 53 or thereabouts, says a lot about, you know, organ transplantation, organ donation. And it's clearly written there that, you know, um, it's illegal for an individual to sell his or her organs to anybody. It's stated clearly on the issue of consent. There must be consent from a donor to be able to give their organs to somebody else. It also even mentioned about uh, deceased donors, even something that doesn't happen in Nigeria, showing that uh, we had the foresight that, you know, the country will eventually get to a situation whereby deceased donors will start being used, which we don't do yet, which is something that this uh, case is, is going to bring on board because we need to improve our organ transplantation program in Nigeria. So when, I mean, when as, uh, a donor A goes to the hospital to help uh, a patient B, um, what kind of procedure legally do they have to sign any papers at the hospital with your hospital, for example, before they now go? Because I know uh, your hospital is a special case because you're a private hospital, which may be more careful than maybe public hospital. I might be wrong, but is that the case? Oh, certainly. There are documents, uh, legal documents, surgical documents, and of course, the, the legal co- documents will be the hospital legal documents and the court you know, the, the court, they, ha- they always have to go to the court. So money exchanging hands for organ is illegal Compl- in Nigeria? Completely illegal. Illegal. Completely illegal. So However, just this like is we- one other issue that was brought up that 7,000 pounds was promised not for the organ to a young man, but that he was going to get a good life. The prosecutors in this, in this case were the ones saying it, that um, the victim was promised to uh, work and a re- reward, a reward of 7,000 pounds but that he was unaware that he was expected to provide a kidney in return. Um, having said that, how often do you do a transplantation in a, in a week, for example? Okay, in, in a month, averagely, we have uh, 10 to 15 cases. So it's very rampant. Oh, certainly. So kidney disease is, is a common place in Nigeria. Kidney, chronic kidney disease is more common than you think in Nigeria. Um, in 2022, it, said, it was said that out of every million Nigerians, you have about 100 with some form of kidney disease. And it said that 20 million Nigerians, as we stay, have one form of kidney disease or the other. It means that they are on the spectrum from stage 1 to stage 5 of chronic kidney disease. So, uh, like um, the president of the Transplantation of Nigeria, Professor Arogundadi, said uh, earlier in the year when we attended the conference, he said chronic kidney disease is a pandemic, as it may, in Nigeria. This is because we are, we are aware that uh, in blacks, chronic kidney disease is a lot more common than in whites. This is because we have some mutations in our genes, like the apple, uh, ap- the apple lipoprotein 1 gene, which uh, was the gene that we, we, we had because to protect us from trypanosomiasis, which is sleeping sickness, which we no longer have. But this gene also has an effect on the kidney and can lead to chronic kidney disease. This is in addition to things like hypertension, which is much more common in blacks. Uh, it said that close to 30% of adult Nigerians have hypertension. This is the commonest cause of chronic kidney disease and kidney mm. failure. 
Diabetes is also on the rise. About 10% of Nigerians have diabetes mellitus. Which so is this is something that we need to be careful about. Certainly. Is there something that triggers it that we need to be careful about? Diet, w- way of life? E- exactly, you know. So we are already born with uh, a higher genetic predisposition Even to have this disease. Y- skin yes, color. just being black, you know. Just being black, you, you come with that. Uh, and layer. then you now add the other things like uh, our diet. Diet is now more westernized. People are eating burgers. We, you know, cook all sorts of things. We have departed from what our forefathers used to eat lots of fruits, lots of vegetables, you know, less of the uh, processed foods and drinks. Then the lifestyle. You know, we sit down on chairs in the offices for many hours, sedentary lifestyle. You know, while the forefathers used to climb trees and go to the farm and be fit. So to obtain that kind of fitness, now you have to pay, you have to go to the gym, you have to be deliberate about it. So the, li- the diet and the lifestyle have contributed significantly. You see a lot of the percentage of obese people now is a lot more than it used to be. You know, so these are some of the risk factors. So, kidney so disease. again, I mean, uh, we might be here all day looking at the legal, the, the medical angle, but uh, how, I mean, is this a matter that can be treated in Nigeria easily? The case of the young Equiramado. Oh, um, well, I can say that, uh, yes, kidney transplantation is routinely being performed in Nigeria. Uh, an average of about 200 uh, kidney transplant surgeries uh, happen in Nigeria every year. So, but the truth is that these numbers uh, do not match the, you know, the burden of the disease. We have a lot more patients who have this disease. The truth is that many of these patients can't afford, you know, most of the treatment that they, that we need. But I'm wondering, Doc, why is it, there will be a reason why the Aquarimadus chose to go to the UK to do it. And, I mean, there are obvious things that people sometimes don't even trust our public health system. Uh, our, our health system generally in Nigeria, do, they, do people think that it is unsafe to perform a transplantation in Nigeria? Well, well, I, I, I may not be able to answer that, but um, what I would say is that, uh, you know, the developed countries are called developed for a reason. This is because, you know, they have uh, far more advanced, you know, healthcare facilities, you know, they have more tech, higher technologies, they have, you know, better experts in many things. So um, I will never blame anyone for thinking that going to the West to obtain care for cancer, for kidney failure, for anything is going to be superior than what they will obtain in an underdeveloped country. I mean, that's, that's, that's logical All enough. Right. Before I bring in Dr. Henry, in this whole scenario, Dr. Martin, what did you notice that was wrong in the, in the process? From the moment they left Nigeria to the moment that case escalated well because i because all the news i got is from the media and you know it is always safe to say you can never really trust what you've heard from the media it's difficult for me to really comment on the intricacies all all i can say is that from the court ruling which is obviously the end point we can see that um you know there was definitely some form of either miscommunication between you know the family and the the proposed donor because it seemed like uh, there was no uh, clear consent and uh, it seemed like uh, there was you know the, the the individual appeared to be vulnerable and not very sure of what was going to be done to him so i mean um i would think that communication is so key between you know the parties involved and everybody should have a very clear understanding uh in this kind of situations 
Dr. Henry, uh, please come into the conversation, if you may, please. Um, what do you, I mean, this has far-reaching implication on several things in our country, legal system, political system, uh, and medical system. Speak to the optics of this scenario on our health system. Thank you, Sean, for having me. I also welcome the other um, panelists. Let me quickly remind us that Nigeria is not bereft of laws concerning um, tissue transplant, tissue organ transplant. The commonest tissue transplant done in Nigeria is blood transfusion. Mm. That is the commonest done in Nigeria. But like Dr. Ibokwe uh, cited, um, there is a National Health Act of 2014. National Health Act of 2014, part six of that law speaks to control of the use of blood, blood products, tissue, and gametes in humans. Specifically in section 51, 52, 53, 54, up to 56, make ample provision for regulation of um, trans organ transplantation in Nigeria. Like the first speaker pointed out, organs should not, there should not be trading in organs. Section 53 sub uh, 1B says it's an offense to sell or trade in tissue, blood, blood products, organs, except for reasonable payments made in appropriate health establishment for the procurement of tissues, blood, or blood products. I have to explain that because it's becoming a problem. People come to hospitals to donate blood, let's say for their wives in labor or for their sick relatives. They think they're paying for the blood. The, the money charged by the laboratory is not for the blood. It's to screen that blood of several of the blood-borne pathogens. So that's what people are paying for. Nobody can pay for any tissue or organ in Nigeria. Now, specifically in this case, we are paying. I'll answer your question, but let me go around it a bit. We are pained. Why we are pained is what is related to what Dr. Ibokwe muted. That when you hear of developed countries or underdeveloped countries, there are certain factors that make a nation develop and the other underdeveloped. At this point in our national life, we expect that when we see that Nigerians are driving 2023, even 2024 Prado Jeep, sorry to mention that brand name, yet in 2023, we expect to see also commensurate development in certain critical sectors of our national life. For instance, healthcare. That is not being matched. In the year 1999, the outgoing military administration commissioned one hospital in this town, one tertiary hospital, and said that hospital 
was to be the flagship of medical institutions, not only in Nigeria, but in the West African sub-region. Today, that dream was never realized, and there is nothing suggesting that our country wants to go that way. So, about organ transplantation, there are laws. But what has happened has shown, has, has brought out some lacunae. The judge, in his judgment, said, one, the, the, there wasn't so much, he wasn't so much convinced that this, the donor-to-be, you know, had gave informed consent. There is a difference between informed Okay, there, there seems to be a, a frozen um, uh, network. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm sorry, I'm back. I'm back. Okay, great. Go what ahead. Our law has, yes, what our law has provided, as it is in the National Health Act, is just generics, just like skeleton of it. We are yet to flesh in it. For instance, the judge specifically mentioned that nobody told that boy that he would need a lifelong care post donation. That is important. Today in our hospitals, even in the centers where um, tissue or organ transplantation is done, I don't know whether they, they get to these finest details. I don't know whether they get to these finest details of explaining to uh, would-be donors, you will need lifelong care. If this type of disease runs in your family, you are not qualified to donate. If you are in this type of habit and so, 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 you are not qualified to donate. So that is where we are. So uh, if we have not, if, I, I don't think we have gotten to lessons learned. When we go to, the, to that point, then we talk to ourselves on that, look, it is no longer a joke. The eyes of the whole world are Nigeria now. One true act of sympathy our legislators, our serving legislators can do before they exit May 29 is to revisit the issue of one, making our hospitals work, two, strengthening the laws on organ tissue transplantation, three, mass education, not only about tissue transplantation, given from what Dr. Bokwe has said, you have not asked him the average cost of one transplantation. Mm. You will know that many people cannot afford it. But most of the issues causing uh, kidney failure, for instance, in Nigeria, are likely more than 90% preventable. So that is where we are. So, okay, so since you raised that matter, let me ask you, I don't want to forget, how much does it cost to do a transplantation? Uh, Averagely, it will cost about 12 million naira to have a kidney transplantation. So, the, uh, without the need for dialysis, after the after the surgery, the person will be fine? Oh, of course. Most of the time, there are no issues. After the surgery, we don't expect the patient to require dialysis anymore. Yes. Uh, so, it's the same thing with um, that cost will fix uh, the young Ekuromadu's case? Certainly. Okay. Um, so let me bring you back in. Oh, 
Dr. Henry, there's this thing that you did not answer. If there is one lesson to take away from what happened for our health sector, what, what, what would that lesson be? Uh, please, let me, let me get to you again. If there is, I mean, you are a medical doctor yourself and Dr. Igbokwe here. As soon as you're watching yes. and see what is happening, there is a huge lesson to be taking away, to be learned from what has happened, even to our lawyers in Nigeria, um, even to the government, even to everybody, to every parent. There's a lesson, a big lesson for everyone to learn. So for you as a medical practitioner in Nigeria, if there is one lesson to be taking away or learned from this one, what would that be? Yes, one big lesson we need to learn. One big lesson we need to learn is to wake up that missing pillar of health system strengthening. That missing pillar is called voices. Voices for accountability. It is missing. Mm. It is the voices of the people that will wake our leaders up in providing quality healthcare for our people. I've not just said healthcare, but I, I qualified with it quality healthcare. Okay. Senator Ike Kuremadu, we must mention his name, was Deputy Senate President for 12 years. Today, the University of Nigeria and Soka recruited before now at the Transplant Center of Nigeria because they have been involved in open heart surgeries. Open heart surgeries. Any center, Dr. Bokwe is here, he can verify that any center that can operate on the heart can also do uh, transplant surgery because it's all about reattaching blood vessels, primarily. I don't know why University of Nigeria Teaching Hospital in Soka, I mean Enugu, cannot offer quality transplant surgery. There are private hospitals everywhere, in Lagos, in Abuja, in Portacot, in Omaya, every, almost everywhere now running transplant, offering transplant surgery, even in Lorry. During the days of COVID, we heard of a state governor. Yes, I must say it. A state governor had similar um, needs. And it was done here. And today, he's everywhere. I don't know why Senator Kepuremadu Forgive me, we are supposed to be sympathetic to him. On my social media handles, I have cried and wept in sympathy with that family. But I don't know why we cannot, our leaders cannot trust our health facilities and our health experts here to deliver that same. Can you blame people if you have the money? Can you blame anyone who does not trust the health system? Um, if you have your way, 
uh, and you have your money, can you blame every anyone who sent either our children or our child outside of the country for foreign education? I mean, no, there, there is no law contravening that. Yeah, but it's a huge moral burden. Why am I saying that? Imagine if the biggest eater in town, their manager says, "Oh, we are cooking. Oh, everybody comes here to eat, but I don't eat that food." He doesn't taste that food, but he cooks and gives to everybody. So on our leaders, there is huge moral burden. You are, of course, the leader of the people. You are shepherd of the flock. What pains others, but then to other people, worries them should also worry you. You should make that meal and taste from it, eat from there. Attend our hospitals. That is why we are happy that somehow social media, we don't know whether it's fake, that the president-elect has flown in his doctors from somewhere to come and attend to him. And we said, hallelujah. Because in the process of attending to him, there will be some new skills that our uh, physicians, our doctors here can pick. Mm. In the process of attending to him, the particular equipment or technology or whatever can be of use to other people that need it. All right, that's the Technology all. will be transferred. Yeah, yeah. So let me, let me bring back um, Anthony. You are the lawyer here, and there are government-to-government -government communication going on right now. The two chambers of the National Assembly are already reaching out to the UK uh, authorities to say, look, um, please pardon. Clemency is what the, the, the Nigerian top uh, officials are saying about Ekuramadu's uh, Thank you for joining us on this edition of Mike on Podcast. This podcast will return soon.